Hello, and welcome to the Landis Cooperative Experience, featuring the bull bear banter. We all know that markets often behave in a way that can't easily be explained. The bull bear banter is our best effort to digest the noise of the marketplace. So thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about the markets. Hello, this is Cheyenne Dunham, and I want to welcome you to the March 22nd episode of the bull bear banter. As usual, I'm joined by Tom Guinan. Cheyenne, on Friday afternoon, May corn closed up two at 378 and a quarter, and that's up five for the week. December corn was up one and a quarter, closing right at four bucks, and that is up four for the week. For soybeans, May finished down six and three quarters at 903 and three quarters, down five and a half from last Friday. November beans closed down seven and a quarter at 937 and a half, and that's off five for the week. Tom, I think the big story of the week was on Thursday, hog futures were a limit higher. This pushed corn and soybean futures higher, with both finishing about four or five cents higher for the day. Friday started out promising for the corn market, but weakened a little midday before recovering some by the close. We don't usually talk much about hogs on the bull bear banter, but what we're hearing is that Canada, Mexico, and China were all in the market buying this week. We've also heard that this has given the U.S. hog producer the ability to lock in some fairly favorable profit margins. Let's jump into the bull bear factors. I'll start with the bullish news for corn. Export inspections for the week were nearly double last week's number. There's still prospects for Chinese corn purchases being talked about, and as always, I think time will tell on that one. Wet weather in the Midwest continues to impact grain movement, and that has really supported basis levels. Tom, on the bear side of that, yeah, I'll agree that you're correct about export inspections being nearly double the previous week, but for the year, we're off 17%, which is down more than 130 million bushels. All this talk about China importing corn needs to be tempered with the fact that they have made major reductions in their hog herd. That will impact the overall need for corn in China. Okay. Well, on the bullish factors for soybeans, there continues to be hope for this U.S.-China agreement that will eliminate tariffs on soybeans and increase exports to China. Some of the stories I've read in the last few days continue to use the word large with regard to Chinese buying. And as always, we've talked about U.S. crush remaining at record strong levels for the year. I think that's something we're just going to have to continue to put on this bull factor for soybeans. Yeah, and on the bear side for soybeans, I think we need to keep the U.S. carryout at the top of the list. At $900 million, that's a lot of soybeans. The weekly export sales were disappointing with beans at 400,000 metric tons, soybean meal was at 95,000, and soy oil sales were at 5,500 metric tons, all at the bottom of or below the range of analyst expectations. Year-to-date export inspections are down about 30% from this time last year. You mentioned wet weather across the Midwest, and there is growing concern that soybean acres will not much be changed from last year. Perhaps down slightly, but not down 3 to 4 million acres like we were all thinking earlier. Keep in mind that the prospective planning data will be released next Friday. Good thought, Cheyenne. Now we're at the part of the program we always title, Why Does It Matter? I think this market has just been weird for a relatively long period of time. We've had this China story in and out of the news since, what, last May or June? And here we are in March with no end in sight anytime soon. Weather has impacted the movement of grain and continues to. There are still many roads impassable due to either high water or just closed by the county. The rivers are receding some, but still abnormally high. This has all made it very difficult for folks to get too excited about pricing any of their farm stored grain. It also hasn't given much opportunity to price what is in the elevator in order to cover the fees that have already been assessed. My real concern is what happens when the roads get back to normal and we finish up planting. There's going to be a lot of grain that needs to move in a relatively short period of time. And I think at that time, basis could be under a lot of pressure. 
If you're in this kind of a situation, we would just highly recommend locking in the basis, especially on corn, regardless of when you think you will be able to move it. Even if you don't anticipate moving it off the farm until June, locking in the basis for June delivery could be a very good move. It could very well be lower, a lot lower by then. So call your grain marketing advisor for more information. Thanks, Tom. Good thoughts, and as always, planning ahead usually seems to work out for the best. Speaking of planning ahead, the big thing to watch for is the USDA report next Friday at 11 a.m. We're going to continue to encourage folks to get some offers in prior to that time, whether it's old crap or new crap. Corn or beans, get them in. Again, Ventures is kicking off today in West Des Moines. Seems like we've been talking about this for a while, and it looks like it's going to be a very good couple days of meetings, discussions, and networking. We both hope to see you there. Speaking of which, we want to thank the following sponsors, our gold sponsor, Iowa State University College of Business, and our platinum sponsors, Agco and GSI, CHS, Flint Hills Resources, Iowa Soybean Association, Coke Industries, Nationwide Insurance, and RJ O'Brien. Next week, we will have a bonus at the end of the Bull Bear Banter, as we will be sharing an interview with a couple of our Landis Cooperative board members, so please tune in next week for that. Tom, we teased a little last week about a gift for those that send us an email. What we're sending out to those that do that is, uh, how would you describe it, Tom? I think the best way to describe this, Cheyenne, is it's it's like a stress toy. And I keep thinking about the old uh, Dr. Doolittle movie that I saw when I was a kid that had a push-me-pull-you. Well, this is a stress toy that has a bear on one end and a bull on the other end. For those of you that want to get a gift from us, it's really simple. Just drop us an email at podcast at landiscooperative.com. Share with us a question you have, a comment you have about the podcast, or just something you'd like to see us cover as far as a topic in an upcoming episode. And we'll be glad to send you out one of these bull bear, push me, pull you, bull bear banter uh, thingamajiggies. Thanks, Tom. It's definitely a thingamajiggy. Um, We're a little short this week, but as we said, we're both heading out to Ventures for the weekend to help out with that. We appreciate y'all joining us today for the Bull Bear Banter as part of the Landis Cooperative Experience Podcast. If you have any questions regarding grain marketing decisions, please reach out to your area grain marketing advisor. We want to thank you for listening, and we look forward to talking with you again next week. Mm-hmm.